there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. My name is Luke. What was that? that was, I was doing my intro. What are you guys doing? Stop me. Stop doing effects on us. Stop gaslighting us with your soundboard. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. Gentlemen, 2021, we made it. Did we? We did. We're here. Welcome to 2021 for hi- the Hypothopod, everyone. Last year- things have been pretty quiet in 2021, which has been good. Yeah. Last year, the year of not cancelling your mates is over. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm about to drop a file of your stuff, Cam, on the world. <laughs> so expect some interpod cancellations. Damn it. Uh, 2021, we've decided the year of helping your mates just survive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Did I come up with that? No, I came up with it because yeah. I'm a poet. Hmm. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about people that uh, love alien stuff or are convinced that UFOs are happening, Yep. but also love a little bit of terrorism on the side. <laughs> they love blowing shit up. You, you kind of always, you know, you put them in two different camps. You've got your people that are really mad keen for the UFOs and the people that are keen on the terrorism. Turns out the Venn diagram is at least three people. Yeah, it, well, it's a Venn diagram, so there has to be something in the middle. Otherwise, you just say, oh, what are these circles doing here? Does it have to be? You can have a Venn diagram that's not together, right? Is it still a Venn diagram if they're separate? What's the point of it? Anyway, let's not get caught up on that. I know I'm allowed to cancel you over this, but I'm not going to. You wouldn't cancel me over this. This is a good thing to not cancel someone over. It just becomes okay. a list then, doesn't it? Like a just list two of circles with two words. things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. people who are like, look, I'd love to wait for the aliens to come and blow up all the landmarks, but I don't have time for that. It seems to be I'd love to, I'd love for the aliens to come up and blow, blow up the local politicians in my <laughs> <Yes>. area. <laughs> so um, this, this was inspired by uh, Mark Pitkovich from, or I think formerly of the ADL, who did a thread about UFO terrorism, which was inspired by the Christmas Day bombing in the US. 
Yeah, which was quite a lot bigger than people realise in uh, Nashville, right? Yeah. Is that a UFO thing, is it? He he was a reptile guy, right? Oh, is I didn't know. I didn't really know the connection. I just kind of got sidetracked looking up these things and forgot about that. I think that was the, that was the connection. So on Christmas Day in Nashville, someone set off a truck bomb mm. in Nashville. Uh, I don't think there were any deaths. There were a few injuries. There were no deaths, though, because he helpfully, or maybe he died in the explosion, right? Yeah. Uh, he did helpfully have, like, a massive recording playing that was like, there's a bomb in this truck, get away. Uh, so that's nice. I did remember, and this seems like a lifetime ago, but I remember at the time people on the conspiracy subreddit were like, um, how come no one died in this giant crash? Like, this is so sus. Yeah, that's because there was a huge, he had a loudspeaker going. Yeah. How like many people, there was a bomb. Yeah. But, um... It did. People instantly sort of th- were thinking, "Is this guy a conspiracy guy?" Because it knocked out, I think, AT and T. It knocked out like some phone tower, right? And knocked out comms for a huge part of Nashville for like a water while. Did it take down any five G? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. It took down like all of the G's. All the G's. Yeah, they were G free. Jesus. So people like, oh, this this seems like a little conspiracy. It's like, you know, and people generally have a reason why they blow themselves up and like ISIS are not generally announcing their bombs. Yeah. So that's where people went. I think it turned out, though, that he had a whole lot of opinions about reptilians. Mm. And so that's what's inspired that. But we've, we've come up with a whole other bunch of UFO terrorists to talk about today. Yeah, we're not talking about that at all. Could I just start off? We've talked about this guy before, uh, Bill Cooper who wrote Behold a Pale Horse, which is the sort of, I don't know, a seminal text of the militia movement. Yes. Uh, he wrote that in the, like, the early 90s. He, I think he died in 2001 or 2002 because, yeah, he was. De- I think he was definitely alive for 9-11 because uh, when I, firstly, he's sort of revered in the conspiracy community because he sort of semi-predicted 9-11, yeah, he stopped clock style. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, there was like something about Bin Laden. He was, he had a, like a radio show and there was a thing about Bin Laden on the news and he's like, why are they telling us about Bin Laden? You know, this guy from, you know, the 90s who tried to blow stuff up. Why are they talking about him now in, you know, the year, year 2001? Like, the, what, are, what are they doing? I reckon there's going to, they're setting us up so they'll, they'll do a false flag attack. And they'll blame it on Bin Laden. And so then when Bin Laden does a terrorist attack, he's like, well, what did I say, guys? And then he was also like, and you know what they're going to do now? They're going to go to war in the Middle East, which you know, you, doesn't take a huge, like you don't need a PhD in geopolitics to work out that's what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember I was in year nine and I remember on MSN Messenger that day, a classmate of mine saying, they're going to fucking bomb Iraq. And Afghanistan, those guys are fucked. Uh, so I feel like if some mulleted year nine in Gippsland, like, you know, fumbling around in the Gippsland dark, uh, can work out what's going to happen after the World Trade Center goes down, then it's not that huge a leap for this guy to work it out. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, he wrote this, manif- this book, Manifesto, back in the very early 90s, Behold a Pale Horse. We've talked about it before, I think, because it's got stuff about school shootings. This is before Columbine and stuff, 
where he says they're going to do all these fake school shootings to take out guns. Now, of course, we know there's been a bunch of real school shootings and they didn't take the guns, so that didn't really pan out. But this the is, weird no, thing that's because they haven't done the fake ones yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they get the, to the fake ones, that's when they'll really take the guns. Yeah. The weird thing about this book, which is like a huge text in the militia movement, is that it's also got all this alien gear. Right. And he had all the stuff also about the Majestic 12. That might have been why it came up previously. Uh, talking about, you know, the Majestic 12 were bumping off this person, bumping off that person, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I think of him when I think of UFO terrorists because he's got all this UFO gear and he did eventually uh, go down in a shootout with the cops. So this was a bit of a hole in my, in my knowledge. Um, he did die in 2001, but November 5, so soon after. Mm. Um, I just just jumped on the Wikipedia page. Uh, I started at the top, but I rapidly skipped to the bottom because obviously we're talking. I didn't have all the time. Mm. Um, but the it talked about his influence on hip-hop. And it seems to be, uh, it mentions Prodigy from Mob Deep, um, who was a little bit cooked, pretty cooked, I think. It's been mm. a while since I've read up on him. Um, but and Jay-Z and, and sort of that Illuminati stuff that popped up in hip-hop in the early to mid-2000s kind of has its roots in Behold a Pale Horse. Yeah. So that's something that maybe I'd like to look into at a later point. But, yeah, he um, he ended up deciding that taxes weren't a thing and the federal government disagreed, which eventually <laughs> led to a shootout. <laughs> That'll do it. Who else have we got? Um, so I guess the, I mean, the first one in this thread um, that they were talking about uh, was the one I've got at the bottom of my page, so I need to quickly back, scroll down. Go back to the top, mate. you got to read it from the top. Go back to the top. Um, it's Nodrog. Yes. Uh, which is... Oh God, sorry, I've lost it completely. <laughs> this is the key to the whole thing. Oval T. Gordon. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and Nodrog is, is obviously Gordon backwards. Uh, that's his, his, I don't know, his alien name, he, he, I think he seems. <laughs> Um, and one of his crew had to put a pipe bomb outside a paint store to blow up a local politician. Well, let's go back a little bit to why they did this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of how it came came into being, you know, UFO and terrorism. Well, yeah, let's let's go back to the UFO stuff because, all right, so this guy in the 30s start, starts like a lumber mill in uh, Texas in the town of Wellasco, and everything's going fine until the... 60s when again he decides that he doesn't need to pay his taxes <laughs> and then shortly after the local government shuts down his business for not paying his taxes or like i guess maybe it's his like council rates that's when he gets visited by aliens mm. so they i think they cut off his water pretty like decades ago and all that like electricity and stuff so they've they've been on this compound for however many years since then with just no amenities <laughs> Um, and I guess that's where he's getting his, his water for the aliens, I'm assuming. Yeah, so what's the name of this base? Uh, the, it's now called the Armageddon Time Arc. Yeah. Uh, and if you go, uh, there's a website still up, atabase.info. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be called something else, ODF. Who knows what it used to be called? ODF something. But for some reason they changed it to the Armageddon Time Arc base. Um, it was not really clear whether or not that's where the there's an invisible spaceship there mm. as part of their plan, or if that's where the alien is going to land and take them away. Uh, the uh, outer dimensional forces is ODF. Ah, thank you, thank you. 
And so they, they've kind of been on this base for since the 30s, um, almost 100 years now. No one's really sure if the original guy, Nodrog, is still alive. I mean, He can't be, right? He can't be, no. He'd be, uh, I listened to one podcast in 2009, 2009 or something. No, sorry, 2011. Uh, so like a local guy talking about it and he was like, you know, no one's actually seen him, but he'd be 111 now. So I think by this point he's probably dead, but it's not quite clear, uh, you know, if he actually is. Um, it's pretty infamous around the locals of that, that town. Uh, one guy, I found a Reddit thread cam, I think he found the same one, mm. where they're talking about, um, you know, what is, this, what is this compound by the Walmart? And someone said that their dad fixed one of their cars and they tried to pay them in honey. Yeah. Uh, so that they, they had, they grew honey or, you know, they farmed honey. Yeah. And they sold it at local farmer's markets where they could also sell you on joining the cult. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and also berries as well. They grew berries on the property. Yeah. <laughs> the thing uh, that I found really bizarre about that Reddit thread is, as we'll discuss in a minute, uh, when the Walmart was getting built, they wanted to build it like where the compound is. And as a result of that uh, decision, they ended up, someone ended up setting up a pipe bomb <laughs> and trying to kill someone. <laughs> and I sort of assumed that after that happened and then the Walmart being built, that that meant that the compound would be gone. <laughs> so I was not expecting the Armageddon Time Arc base to still be operational. It's still operational and they're still doing letter drops. People are still getting their... their um it's like a little business card in the mail that says your time arc service modules have returned and there's a picture of a classic a classic ufo uh you know it's kind of circle it's there's an oval you know domes and lights on the side a little dome on the top uh, that says time arc and then below that there's a picture of uh, a caricature of noah's ark and that says noah's ark uh, and there's the ark of the covenant which I guess it's familiar to me as the Indiana Jones thing. Does the Ark of the Covenant, does that look like the Ark of the Covenant outside of Indiana Jones? I I honestly don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think generally it's accepted that it looked, that's what it looked like. Okay, but it's not found, right? It's a lost thing. Yeah, it's not a, a, I don't know where it is if if it is actually a thing. Ah, interesting. Um, So, I mean, the, the, the business card or the flyer that says your time arcs service modules have returned, none of these have been seen at all. No. Well, but only one of them has, like, an invisibility cloak. That is true. But, like, they haven't returned at all because we don't actually know where they are. Like, these are drawings. You need to get a photo to say, hey, they've actually returned. We've got a photo. Sure. So if I could read from adabase.info, polar adjustment imminent. Under the command of the positive section of his, meaning God, I think, out-of-dimensional forces, your service modules are in position and ready to adjust Earth's polar axis by six degrees. The ODF of your creator has set seal number six, uh, that's the, you know, of the seven seals of Armageddon, has set seal number six of Armageddon in measured functional position for imminent activation. The polar shift slash adjustment is an essential action required periodically for positive timing, Cosmic alignment and proper planetary balance. So it's just like getting a car service, really. Yeah, except you'd. Pro- I think they want more than honey as payment, or maybe they do want honey as payment. 
the poles of time station Earth must be serviced three times during each 7,000-year dispensation at the end of each of three cosmic seasons. This action ensures that time station Earth continues as a proper human habitation to fulfil his purpose. This is like the creator's chiropractic adjustment for the health of the time station for the benefit and security of it and its inhabitants. Do they refer to Earth as a him in this? Or is that God? Uh, I think uh, the his and hymns in this are Yahweh or God. Right. It sounds like they refer to Earth as his, but... At the present time, the sixth fleet of the ODF is holding TSE's poles in as stable a position as possible. If they were not, TSE would be experiencing such severe wobbles in its rotation that life would be impossible. As it is, you are seeing increased activity in major earthquakes, true, along dormant volcanoes and extreme weather events across the globe. The longer the activation of seal number six is held off, the more instability of relativity TSE will experience. The climate change so many cry about is just the obvious <laughs> symptoms of the poles being out of positive alignment. Humat- humatons can do nothing about the climate change they see. Yes, mankind's actions on Earth and the negative effects of decades of dump energy abuse have an effect on the environment, but humatons cannot do anything to really alter the climate crisis. And it is beyond mankind's ability to shift the poles. This can only be done by your five-dimensional time arc service modules. Which are the Mm. aforementioned time arc, Noah's Ark, and the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. I noticed, Cam, you um, used a little bit of editorial in there. Uh, you said, as it is, you're seeing increased activity in major earthquakes, and you added in true. Aren't we? Aren't there earthquakes? I mean, I don't think there's increased activity. Haven't there been volcanoes going off? No, no, not really. Some volcanoes is more than no volcanoes. But isn't there always volcanoes going off and earthquakes happening? Yeah, I know. I haven't really, like, I've, there's been a couple of smallish earthquakes, I think, in Indonesia. Mm. Uh, but certainly, I don't think, I mean, we don't know when this was written, but. True. Another good point in favour of the OST. Maybe it was written back when we had all those bloody earthquakes and volcanoes going off. Yeah. I'm not sure there's been increased activity in them. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned as well um, the the Earth's poles shifting. Another person we'll talk about later on, the aliens told him that was kind of a key to the whole thing too. Isn't it weird that all of these people, supposedly crazy, are being told the same thing the same sort of not, you know, not something you would just think up thing yeah. by these aliens. Interesting. I mean, the poles shifting is a thing, right? Um, I don't know. This is, is. My, this is my year of just getting cooked. 2021, the year of getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So how did... So Let's these, go to the pipe bomb. Yeah, these guys... So this is, I think, why just before we started recording, I, I got my... Um, my name's mixed up and it's really thrown me. It's really just jumbled my brain. So the guy that did the pipe bomb was Mark Lingenfelter. Yep. Right. Son of son of Merlin Lingenfelter? Uh, son of Marlon Lingenfelter. Right. No, Merlin, sorry. Merlin, yes. You're right. Why do I keep right. saying Marlon? Anyway. Because um, Marlon seems like a more normal name, even though Merlin's a name and Marlon's a fish. Yep. I mean, there's Marlon, there's Marlon Wayand, the singer-songwriter. The crooner. Mm, this is true. Um, is his name Melon Wayans or Marlon? I don't know. Man. Uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> so the dad, Mark's dad, Mar- Merlin Lingenfelter, joined uh, 
joined the ODF and the Timart crew, and he was a right-wing extremist uh, as part of the Christian identity movement and posse comitatus. I don't know how to say that. It's a Latin uh, I think you, you pretty got it. Much got it's, it. And that's like a law in the US. It might be even some like a global law of like... I've not, it, it's a US thing. It's like the sheriff is the highest office. Yeah, but the, the sheriff can create a posse to like run down, you know, in, in times... They do wells. Yeah, um, I think that it still exists in parts of Europe as well. Uh, and this guy also hated the um, international Jewish banking conspiracy, or he, uh, this is according to the Chasing UFO blog, uh, to cite my uh, source. Um, he had a hatred of the Jewish banking conspiracy, and he was also skilled at rigging up explosives, which would come in handy as the ODF grew increasingly hostile towards local government. But it was his son that got in trouble for having the, the pipe bomb. You a little bit sus on this? Well, and then his other son, this is where it got even more confusing for me, Merlin Lingenfelter Jr., got in trouble for being part of the Third Continental, Continental Congress of the United States, which is an offshoot of the militia group, the Third Continental Congress. Uh, Third Continental Congress of the United States were unhappy that they weren't doing anything, like, too violent. Yeah. So a few of them split off, uh, like half a dozen, half a dozen or, or ten of them, and three of those people were like FBI informants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that'll they, happen. So Merlin and his um, his sort of band of merry men, the leader of which was someone named Glover, Bradley Glover, uh, they had a plan to take Bill Clinton hostage, but it wasn't really clear uh, how they were going to do that. But uh, like the FBI were in on it, so they, yeah. just, they just got busted basically immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the son not named Merlin was the one with the pipe bomb. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Can we just go back to the third continental? What was it? <laughs> you see why I was so confused earlier? Uh, this was the third continental congress. Oh, hang on, but this offshoot was the Third Continental Congress of the United States of America. I'm getting real the Pipsqueaks 2 vibes off this. <laughs> um, the only can't... other um, thing in pop culture, your gang, Pipsqueaks 2, certainly not anything, any sort of famous comedy movies where there was splinter groups with similar names. Well, there's, I mean, there's that as well. But, I mean, even in real life, you know, there's the IRA, uh, the real IRA. They didn't just call themselves, oh, we're the IRA of Ireland. Or like when bands break up and the band keeps going and then the singer does another band. Oh, speaking of uh, that, did you see that I think Michael Graves was at like the Capitol riot? Okay. I'm not sure if it was Michael Graves because I just saw Maggie Sorota on Twitter write the bad singer from The Misfits was at the Capitol riot. So I'm assuming it's Michael Graves and not our beloved Danzig. Yeah. But also, oh, the Ted Kennedys tweeted in support of Ted Cruz, so. Yeah. 2020, you won, huh? Yeah, it's a funny old year when Jello Biafra is back to being the good Ted Kennedy. Yeah. He's always the good Ted Kennedy. Oh, yeah, in some respects. Hmm. He was problematic. Was he? What did he do? He didn't pay anyone. Oh, wasn't that because he owned the record label? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. 
I'm no longer 16 reading up on Dick Kennedy's law. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got this late. I got mansplained to about this at a record store once when I was 16. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Merlin Lingenfelter is... So all these guys, and I think... I can't remember which one it was. One of the Lingenfelters was a big sovereign citizen guy. Yeah, well, so the Posse Comitatus thing is sort of sovereign citizen-y. So basically they hold that the sheriff is the highest office in the land and nothing sort of supersedes it. And also you can sort of appoint your own sheriffs. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's all. So the Mark, though. Yeah. The Merlin Jr. is off trying to kidnap Bill Clinton. Yeah. Mark, though, is setting his sights a little bit lower and sets a pipe bomb outside a paint shop, which the plan was to kill like the mayor or a council person. Is that, that's yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah. And that was all related to the fact that they were building this Walmart. And I think they're also putting a road through and they're like, we want to do it where this cr- crazy compound is. And I'm sure that they were like, you know, there's no harm in us getting rid of the compound at the same time. They thought there was like a big sort of legal battle about that, but it ended up being condemned. And this might be also be to do with why the, the water's turned off. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, in response to that, they're like, well, let's just start killing people. Um, I looked at it on uh, Google Satellite. I find Google Maps really hard to use lately, or the last few years. Anyway, that's a completely different point. Uh, I looked at it on Google Satellite, and there was a lot of trees. So it wasn't really clear what was going on there. But if this is a landing strip for aliens, I feel like you'd need to cut down some of the trees. Well, wouldn't you be like, we'll keep the time arc at the house and it'll be handy that there's a huge Walmart with a massive car park right next door? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because people can come and camp their RVs and, you know, plug in overnight because the the Walmart guy is like a big RV guy. But also, the aliens can come and plug it overnight. You can bust bust everyone out of the FEMA camp. Yeah, exactly. You can be the hero. Uh, and stock up on supplies while you're there. So that's the Nodrog story, right? That they busted that guy. Yeah. And then he got his dad to represent him. I don't think that went very well. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as we know, like the, the, at least the, the group is still active in some way, which at 90, uh, maybe not 90, 60, from the 60, 60 odd years, that's a pretty good effort. Yeah, good on him. Except for um, all the anti-Semitism, good on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Do we have anyone else? Yeah, we do. Well, this is the opposite. This is Aladino Felix, also known as Dino Crespedon. This is a Brazilian a guy, right? Brazilian writer, a, also a right-wing paramilitary leader, and the self-proclaimed messiah of the Jewish people. So the opposite of anti-Semitism. Yeah. Um, I read, so he's, he wrote a book uh, that um, detailed how the, how the aliens uh, flew in and out of, of the world and like flew in and out, sorry, around the universe. Uh, and it was, allegedly this alien visited him. Um, this alien looks just like a regular Brazilian, is, is his description, I think. So incredibly beautiful. Incredibly attractive. Yep. Uh, and he... Um, yeah, he, basically this book is a long explanation of these visits from the alien. One time he turned up dressed as a priest uh, and 
explaining to him the, the technology, which uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think it really makes sense, but basically uh, you create a vacuum around your ship and that lessens there's no friction on your ship because of the vacuum. So you can just blast, blast through space. Right. Um, and I've been reading the sci-fi book that's been written, like or books, series of books written by a, uh, a dude that's, you know, he's a legitimate scientist and that's one of the, the ways that uh, people are getting around at the end of the book is using creating vacuums in their ships and then it just, there's no friction. Mm. But does the vacuum not have to be contained within something? Yeah, well, that's the, the risk uh, in this, in, in the book at least, it doesn't, the alien doesn't go into it, is if it gets a bit, it gets unbalanced, suddenly it's, you know, gone. Right. You're going to blow your ship up, but then they use that uh, in the book to to like blast the enemy. Well, not blast them, like contain their ships in a vacuum, and then it disappears into another dimension or something. It's right. pretty cool. Pretty cool book. Uh, anyway. But this guy was also into another type of blasting, which is that uh, in the '60s he participated in uh, a whole bunch of state-sponsored terrorist uh, atrocities. Yes, so he led a group of 14 police officers. Uh, this is from an article in The Guardian, um, who carried out a series of terrorist attacks detonating 14 bombs. Just weird, 14 police, 14 bombs. One bomb each. It works yeah. out. Yeah, Everyone bomb. bring your own bomb. <laughs> Except for Felix. Yeah. He um, his hands steady. He was talking to aliens. Yeah. Uh, targets included the Sao, Sao Paulo Stock Exchange, a secret police headquarters, and an oil pipeline. I feel like these guys are bad cops on several levels. <laughs> hey, is, is Cam, is your point that they're bad cops as they're snitching on the secret police headquarters? Well, no, you're not supposed to, Firstly, you're not supposed to blow things up when you're a cop. And secondly, you shouldn't be blowing up the secret police headquarters. Don't they like the secret police? Uh, well, it's hard to say. I mean, I guess not if they're trying to blow them up. Um, he, Although, they, they were trying to destabilise... Uh, and get everyone on the government side, right? Yeah. So if if you were seeing that the secret police headquarters were being blown up, you'd be like, ah, oh, shit, that shouldn't be happening. Let's support yeah, the, the military was, government who's going to come and clean all this shit up. At the time, there was, a, um, I think, some like far-left uprisings happening. Mm. Uh, I think this was the 60s. Uh, apologies. Yeah, late yep. 60s. Um, and so people were worried about leftist violence. So I think this was, you're right, Tolti, to try and stoke that. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, that some of the things that the alien said to him um, was, uh, this is a quote from the book. I read a few chapters. It was pretty hard going, if I'm honest. Um, I also ask you that if one day you should want to make use of this information for the good of the world, this is how to fly a ship around you know, the universe, yep. uh, you should first tell your own people, as the Brazilians are not aggressive and abhor war, do not try and explain the problem to anyone who could make one of these craft into a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, he, which is interesting, because this dude became a pretty hard-out terrorist who used weapons, <laughs> um, and you know he had all this, this knowledge that he could have used vacuums to blast people up. Yeah, I feel like they massively misjudged who should be, you know, the messiah. Yeah, yeah, I got that wrong. And, like, I mean, I don't want to rag on Brazil, a uh, lovely country full of lovely people, but it is somewhat well-known for, for violence. All right, here we go. 
I just feel like the, the, the aliens kind of misjudged, you know. And not all Brazilians are violent. It's just, you know, there's, there's movies about Brazilian violence. Salty, did you catch that in a loop so we can just put that audio straight <laughs> up for uh, cancellation? I should have. Sorry. Um, another thing, the, and apologies to, to all the lovely people of Brazil that aren't violent, uh, of which there are many. God Perhaps damn. they've been most? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, thanks, thanks for the support of saying, yeah, I saw that movie that was... Anyway. Oh, yeah, no, Brazil's fucked, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's problems. Yeah, there is. You know, a big part of that is, is terrible right-wing governments. Yeah, it certainly didn't help that they were doing a bunch of terrorism. Hmm. All right, go um, on. Thank you, Cam. Uh, the alien also told him that, that uh, gravity doesn't exist. Uh, when, and this is another quote, when Newton saw the apple fall, he could not guess that in that moment he witnessed the effect of the divine presence in the universe. Thus it is that we move and have our being in God. Is he just saying that if God didn't intervene, the apple would just hang in the air? Yeah, I'm not really clear. Not like um, every time something drops, it's so, just God. <laughs> so the tremendous universal pressure, which is, is what we think of as gravity, which is the result of the vibration of God, on the infinite point of the universe. Uh, it's what maintains the atmosphere of the planets. Another point he makes that every year Earth collides with millions of meteorites, always in the same month. This means they're located in one place. Now, I thought that was ludicrous. Yeah. Uh-oh. We're always, we're always crashing into meteorites. There's always meteor showers. Yeah. Turns uh, out that's not true at all. Turns out we... <laughs> we always crash into them at the same time. Why? Why is this? Do we know? Uh, yeah, the Leonid... Not one of these fucking things to sign. It's like, we just don't know. The Leonid meteors take place when the Earth intersects the orbit. This isn't the alien speaking now. This is, uh, I think, from Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, intersects the orbit of comet 55P slash Temple Tuttle. And the Persid meteors happen when the Earth intersects the orbit of comet 109P Swift Tuttle. Uh, so basically, yeah, the Earth's flying around and these two comets are flying around and we bloody collide at the same time every year. We don't know this isn't the alien. Anyone can edit Wikipedia. That is true. Oh, well, you got a point there. Uh, but yeah, so, so I mean, it's not, like, it's not only one time every month. Oh, sorry, once a year in the same month. But yeah, it is pretty regular. And that's, I guess, why... You know, they say on the, the news sometimes, oh, there's going to be a meteor shower, meteor shower this weekend. It's because it's one of those times. Oh. Look, don't want to tell God his place, but just invent gravity. <laughs> like, you, like you would have so much more free time if you didn't have to make everything fall, have to make all the waves happen. Anyway, so that's that guy. And we've oh, got one. A, a couple of oh. little bits. Um, yep. So one thing about how he was contacted by the alien uh, the quote from the, the author, uh, sitting downstairs, I found a well-dressed man in a good cashmere suit, which fitted his athletic body perfectly. Well, he's Brazilian. Yeah. 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 As a rule, priests dress unostentatiously, but this one was singularly well turned out. As I came face to face with him, I almost lost my voice with surprise. I recognized him as the captain of the flying saucer. You say salty, but Luke put that pause in there on purpose. Sorry, it was just a line break. What are you talking about? So anyway, that's that guy. Yeah. Uh, it was a good one, that one. And Except for the bombings. I don't oh, yeah. No, the bombings yeah, yeah. were bad. 
And our last guy is someone who I discovered uh, earlier today when I received an email telling, <laughs> thanking me for my uh, contribution to a petition to free him from prison. <laughs> How did that happen, Robbo? I don't know, Cam. You're the one that's now on the list. Well, th- at <laughs> least if the list. At least you put my name down as PK. Yeah, PK Truth <laughs> with your email address. Of Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, John Ford, who is currently, I think he's he's not uh, in jail, he's in uh, a mental institution. Correct, yes. Where he has been, what, since the 90s? Yeah, late 90s, uh, when he hatched a plot to kill local politicians with radium. So why did that all happen? Um, so he was the chairman, this is uh, from the Washington Post article at the time, 1998, uh, chairman of the Long Island UFO Network, uh, and he, there was a mysterious crash, a TWA Flight 800 crashed in um, in Long, Long Island or near Long Island, and he already had a, um, a group of UFO people, and they were all convinced that they'd seen airborne battles between spacecraft and military helicopters because Long Island is where uh, Montauk is. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, so there's like Time Warp, um, the Time Warp Project, I think the Montauk Monster. Um, mm. Also in Long Island, uh, this is from the article as well, there was um, teenage tramp Amy Fisher shot the wife of grease monkey Joey Barafuco, oh, yeah. which is a name I know from popular culture. Yep. Did yep. like 90s late night hosts say that word a lot? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they must have, because how funny is the name Butterfuco? It's pretty grim, though. It is a little bit. What was that all about? Uh, I didn't go further into that. Um, John Esposito kept nine-year-old Katie Beers locked in an underground dungeon for two weeks. Colin Ferguson killed six people on a commuter train. Um, and Wait. Judge Sol Wachler stalked his lover. And Angel of, Death nurse, Angel of Death nurse Richard Angelo injected muscle relaxants into four patients. It was all going on in Long Island at the time. What did you say yeah, about Joe ice, Esposito? Ice Sorry? What did you say about Joe Esposito? Uh, I've completely lost there where that was. I did say something about that. John Esposito, sorry. John, ah. Oh, I was going to say, it's a bit of a come down after writing the bloody classic banger from Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, that's I know that name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched Karate Kid recently, like twice recently. Yeah. It's great. Twice because it's so good, right? Yeah, every scene is literally there is no scene in that movie that you go, ah, this scene, this one drags. Every scene rules. It's awesome. Did you rewatch it because you wanted to get into Cobra Kai? No, I think it just came up on like Netflix or something. And then it came up on TV soon after and we watched it again. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So I've just brought myself up to speed on the Butterfuko story. (laughs) Yep. So the original story was that uh, Amy Fisher was the teenage lover of Joey Butterfuco. She came to the Butterfuco house and tried to murder his wife. And I think it became a major story just on the back of it being so uh, lurid. Mm. But then, as (laughs) Salty noted, uh, especially David Letterman (laughs) liked to say Butterfuco a lot. Right. Uh, but also... Uh, and so, and so that's, it's crazy that that's the only thing that I know about that case or that we know about that case. Talk show hosts. 
in 2002, Butterfuko participated in celebrity boxing. He was originally supposed to be fighting John Wayne Bobbitt. <laughs> so, it's another like classic the, one from the past. What a classic matchup! Like I think they sort of occupy a similar space in the, uh, yeah, in the pantheon. Yeah, both uh, would have John been Wayne mercilessly mocked. To too dodgy a bloke for celebrity boxing, <laughs> and he ended up fighting China, the professional wrestler. Right. Really? And Butterfuko won. Right. I guess because China couldn't like do any wrestling moves. It was boxing. Mm. In China, I, what, when was this? When did this happen? Uh, this is 2002. Yeah, China had a pretty rough time. Um, she, uh, her life. She took 9 11 hard. Ooh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Go read her Wikipedia page for uh, the story of China. Um, rest in peace to, to one of the great wrestlers. In 2006, Butterfico and Fisher were reunited at the Lingerie Bowl to do the coin toss. There you go. So you should, this, this is the woman that shot somebody in the face. Yeah. Oh, Wait, who shot the, someone in the face? The, Amy the, Fisher. The teenage lover. Yeah. Shot the wife in the face. Oh, wait. So Amy Fisher was at this lingerie bowl? Yeah, she was doing the coin toss with Joey. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. So it'd be like, um, it'd be like pulling out like Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky to do an opening of a mall or something. Oh, I feel like but, it would but be. That's if Monica shot Hillary in the face. Oh, yeah, true. I feel like it would be like getting Ricky Nixon and the St. Kilda schoolgirl to like. Run through the uh, banner at the AFL. Yeah, if this is in case St Kilda schoolgirl shot someone in the face. Yeah, if, if yeah. St Kilda schoolgirl. All right, a lot, a lot of stuff has to happen. <laughs> we need, we need to really like it was it's the shooting in the face is the key, not the affair. Yeah, getting you both to had affairs. Can what I just say one about, last thing about yeah, the Butterfuko yeah. story? Yep. Yeah, Mary Jo Butterfuko wrote a book telling her side of the story. Bearing in mind she was shot in the head, mm. the name of her book is Getting It Through My Thick Skull. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking genius marketing. Why I stayed, what I learned, and what millions of people involved with sociopaths need to know. Right. She was inspired to write the book after her son referred to her ex-husband as a sociopath. Not knowing what a sociopath was, she looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> you should know what a sociopath <laughs> is. You were shot in the head by one. Anyway, no, this that's fine. Anyway, that's enough Botafuco. What was the connection to this? Oh, it happened in the same general area. Botafuco. <laughs> <laughs> so Long Island. Uh, um, I just want to take away, uh, so I apologise to David Letterman for thinking it was outrageous. He thought it was a funny thing to say because all of these people clearly benefited from it. <laughs> Except anyway. for her. I think that the book was, like, that was 16 years later that she yeah. wrote a book. No, it was a very late cash-in. I think she's fine. You know that Butterfuko would have been, like, in at least, like, five top ten lists of yeah. words that are <laughs> funny to say in some accent or in some situation. Butterfuko. Butterfuko. So, uh, Long Island terror attack. Yeah. So, this guy um, loved aliens, was convinced that they, I think he... Interviewed a whole bunch of people and then convinced himself that, um, yeah, there was an alien attack. And he was not like a, he wasn't a small fry. He was sort of a big fish in the UFO world. There were, there were 400 people in his group. Yes. He was on the outs with MUFON, though, I think, 
the other, like the sort of big national uh, UFO group. Okay. And I think that was because they recognised he was nuts. Um, uh, which is, you know, those in glass houses, but whatever. I think, yeah. I know those people know when someone's nuts. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, hey, we kind of think this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone else that was part of his group uh, that was in the article was Preston Nichols. Um, it's weird. The author of it uh, describes the, the meeting with Preston Nichols as uh, in his living room while, while his fat dog snores. Nichols cues up a video and announces, I didn't believe in time travel until I saw evidence that I had time traveled, which is a hell of a uh, sentence. Mm-hmm. You kind of you immediately run into the fat dog and you're like, okay, it's a strange detail. And then that's immediately like steamrolled by the evidence of time travel. Um, and the evidence is a tape of a, a 1995 tape of a local newscast, which is only a few years earlier, like two years earlier, uh, that briefly features a young firefighter who resembles Nichols. He believes it is his double, a younger self visiting from the past. Hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> well, you wouldn't visit a local newscast in like two years anyway. No, I don't think so. It seems like a weirdly specific, like random place to time travel. Anyway, uh, so that guy was connected to it. So why did he try to kill a bunch of local politicians? It's a little complicated. Part of it, uh, he was getting increasingly paranoid because he thought that the government used a, a ray gun or a, an energy weapon to take down one of the UFOs, which I think then started some forest fires. Right. And... He was convinced that the local politicians were covering it up. Yeah. I think that they were supposed to have set the forest fires to cover up that there'd been a UFO crash which had set a fire. Yeah. Anyway, they had to go. I think he also, uh, just on the side, was like, I'm going to kill Bill Clinton. Yeah, he I did. Think- he, and the reason they've got this on tape of him saying all this stuff, that he's going to kill Bill Clinton, was because he started hanging out with another guy who was like... Uh, um, an FBI informant who was, I think, investigating something unrelated and they just kind of like he wanted to buy guns off this guy who was the FBI informant and he just told him everything. And he was he had a bit of a habit of saying he was going to kill people. Yeah. But the way he ended up going about it was he used radium to uh, give people radiation poisoning, yeah. uh, which we've seen in the past few years the Russians used to great effect. Uh, that- not radium. Polonium or whatever. It was. Yeah, they've used polonium. Yeah. Uh, so- which is quite effective. Radium, less so. Okay. Uh, Still bad, though, I imagine. I imagine it would take a couple of minutes at least. You, no, you wouldn't take- want it in you. It would take 20 years. Okay. <laughs> All right. 20 years at the exposure that this guy was giving them as well, which was like rubbing it on their steering wheels. Yeah. And opening a bag and putting it underneath their, underneath their seats. So, yeah, again, another, if he hadn't been caught on tape by the FBI, maybe he could have gotten away with it mm. tw- over the course of 20 years. There's a, uh, just on an aside, there's a book called The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women, uh, which is apparently really good. It's about um, the women who used to work in watch factories painting radium onto the dials, the faces of pocket watches. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is what made them glow, like glow-in-the-dark watches. And how they all got like just massively fucked by it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's a very very sad story. It's, Too much radium. Yeah, mm. it's not a it's not a good thing, but it's not an effective way to kill local politicians quickly. No, no. So yeah, he ended up pleading insanity. Yep. Which you know, fair enough. And he they bought it. They went for it. And so, but I don't know if he intended to still be in uh, an institution in 2021. Right. So, Cam, how is the campaign to free him going? I don't know because I changed the email address for Move On to your email address. Oh, okay. So I'll, you I'll, get all of the emails from him. I'll update you <laughs> uh, when I get those emails. Um, all of these were so much more complicated than I anticipated. Yes. Like each one, I mean, I guess the Brazilian one wasn't super complicated, except for all the the vacuum, stuff. <laughs> the vacuum space travel, and also the, the false flag, real oh, life yeah. like terror attacks. So they're all quite complex. Yeah. Who would have thought combining the complexity of the mind of a terrorist with the complexity of the mind of a cooked UFO would be complex? Well, uh, I guess not us. <laughs> well, that's our show. We've Good got to be back for 2021. Yeah. Yes. We're going to aim to be a little more regular this year. We're going to eat our brand. Yep. I would like to thank Tammy from Patreon as well as Vanessa. Thank you very much, guys. You guys are legends. And everyone else on Patreon as well. Yeah, yeah. thank you. You guys are legends as well. Don't think we don't appreciate you guys. We do really appreciate it. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash hypothepod. You can find the show uh, everywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Probably, where, probably where you got this. You can find it there too. Robbo, where can they find you? Um, just a shout out to the Patreon news show because we're about to record that as well. That happens every time we record an episode. Uh, and that's one of my favorite things. Uh, and you can find me at aleofatime, aleofatime.com. I don't really think I have anything on the cooker at the moment. I've got a couple of articles in the works, but more on them later. Salty? Uh, you can get me andrewsaltmarsh.com for all my links to stuff, twitch.tv slash the salt, and also twitch.tv slash toehider at the moment. We're doing a bunch of streams while we record and do the art for a new album. So we're doing regular three times a week production streams. Cool. And you can get me at Sexenheimer on Twitter and check out my radio show about the far right on 3CR, Yeah Na Passaran. Uh, we've got an episode about QAnon coming up. Great. With uh, Mark Andre Argentino. So that's a good one. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye all. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Don't worry Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all of the aliens are. Don't worry. Don't worry.